If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. You can keep clapping. Yes, hi. We love it. Woo! We're in a tent with vagina chandeliers. I know. It's like Little Mermaid's wedding. Uh, (laughs) Ariel Ariel got married, right? Princess Ariel. And then she left her family. Yeah. Right. Uh, 16, she was only 16. I know. She consented. (laughs) No. No, not in every state. Okay, I'm sorry. That's not okay in every state. (laughs) No, I feel like I'm in In maritime laws. Like an. Like an undersea cheesecake factory. Yes. Yes, maybe. exactly. Anyway. It's going to open up and there'll be a diva cup inside. Mm. <laughs> Have you guys ever used a diva cup? Come on. <laughs> Either way, we're all menstruating. First minute? <laughs> First minute diva cup. Welcome to Hysteria. <laughs> Hello. Um, hi, Outside Lands. Welcome to Hysteria. <laughs> Woo! Uh, this is Crooked Media's all-female podcast. Uh, as we were developing this show, we couldn't help but notice a lot of podcasts are run by dudes. And uh, so we're not dudes, and that's kind of the idea behind it. We're really excited about the show today. Phoebe Robinson is our guest for the second half of the show. Um, In addition, we have The Week in Sorry. Uh, We're going to go through the news and drag Omarosa. And we're going to answer questions from some dudes. But first, I want to introduce my co-host. We have Megan Gailey. Hi. And Grace Parra. Hola, como están? So, we're at a music festival. I can uh, hear some thumping. Oh, I feel yeah, it. I right feel now. it. It's real thumpy here. It's so thumpy. It's real thumpy. One of the things I, that every time I go to a concert I think is strange is that, like, it's not cool to wear a band's T-shirt to the actual band's show, but it's cool to wear another band's T-shirt. Like, you show up to, like, a show and you wear, another, you, you wear a shirt indicating you're interested in the concept of music, but not that band itself. I guess I do concerts wrong. Uh, <laughs> I go decked out in Britney to Britney. You go... I'm work bitch head to toe. <laughs> so you go, like, dressed to steal the identity of the person performing. Oh, mm. I'm just a loser. I don't know <laughs> what to... I just want to be like, I'm here for you. That's all. I want them to think I'm going to go on stage. That's what it is. I want to be you're on gonna stage. You're going to steal the microphone. Yeah. You want to look like you're going to get arrested. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just want to get to the point where everybody in our audiences is just wearing a bra or is totally topless. I think then that shows real fandom right Free there. Read the nipple. No shirts. Who needs a shirt? <laughs> One guy. Hi, Dad. Thank you so much. Read <laughs> the nipple. No, I think, it's, I think it's weird that it's like considered a faux pas to wear the band's shirt to their concert because, like, I don't know, man. It's like... Wearing a different band shirt to a concert is like wearing a shirt with a different guy's name on a date, you know? Sure, like you sure. show up and you're like, Dave, but you're on a date with like Sam. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor Sam. Poor Sam. Poor Sam. What a um, power move, though. It is extreme power move. Um, first, I want to get into a segment we call The Hill I'll Die On. This mm. is the dumbest strong opinion that we have this week. And I'm going to start with my dumb strong opinion. I think Summer of 69 by Brian Adams mm-hmm. is the worst song of all time. <laughs> oh, it oh is, that's a strong it hill. Is, it is so oh, bad. Oh, we had one clap. Great, great, it great. It is a bad fucking song, and it's very depressing. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's about a band. It's like, how old are they? Are they in high school? Are they yeah. in their 30s? Yeah. Somebody got married. Somebody quit. But they were in school? The boys yeah. from school? Yeah, they yeah. were like 16, I think. 17, they did. who knows? They were supposed to be 16? Yeah. I, I read an article that the summer 69 is about the sex position 69. And uh, you can interpret all the lyrics well, s- the, to be about that. Sex position 69 is bad. True. It is a bad Whoa, sex position. That's a hill I'm not ready to die on, my friend. <laughs> okay, so the, 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 the... That's a pink eye hill I'm ready to die on. <laughs> uh, for sure. <laughs> so the other side of that is that I think that Boys of Summer is one of the best songs of all time. 
Megan, what's your hill that you're willing to die on? <sighs> this will never happen, um, but I know that this is a segment where we get to dream. I think the fact that we will never have Cher as a Super Bowl halftime performer is the greatest waste of living talent that this country has ever allowed to happen. I agree. This is a fucking hits maker. Yeah. We have LMFAO, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Turn back time. That's even like a sports reference. You could go back on the clock. I mean, it's amazing. And they're just not gonna let it happen because kids don't know who she is. That's horrible. You know how it could happen is if she does a duet with Post Malone. Yeah. <laughs> like in the next year, if we can make that happen, they can record that in the next like three months and then it becomes a banger. She makes DJ no. Khaled eat her out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If that were the entire halftime show, I would watch. I would watch that. I would that. believe. <laughs> uh, Grace, what's your hill? Um, okay, the hill that I'd like to die on this week is one that I've been dying on the entire, uh, my entire existence. And it is that I am too scared to not carry crystals with me, just in case crystals actually do work. So Grace, I always this have- is, This is insane. I this know, is well, actually I actually insane. I know, I have crystals with me. I don't know if any of you guys grew up with Mexican moms or black moms or Indian moms or Guatemalan moms or ethnic moms in general, but you're told just carry crystals with you. Every time, whether it's uh, I'm starting a new job or I have a new show or I am trying a new recipe, my mom's like, pero mijita, did you bring your rose quartz with you? And I'm too scared to not bring them with me, so I have some with me. I don't really need to pull them out, but I did bring a fanny pack. How many of you guys gonna, brought fanny packs with you today? You're take your rocks out? Yeah, this is creepy, isn't it? <laughs> this is also great, great content for a podcast. Yeah, this is a visual medium. Um, I don't really know what I have in here, but well, anyway. It's baffling because you're so tiny. Right, So right. there's not even places to hide these. No, there, no, well, there are some places, but those are we were We were actually going to bring Grace into the festival as a backpack, but <laughs> she's not clear, so she's not allowed. I'm not clear. <laughs> Um, I have a rose quartz and I have a moonstone here, so wow. there you go. I hope my mom's very this happy about this. Great. This is surprising. Is it surprising? It, it is. is so Wait, surprising. I've, we're at, but we're at a music festival in San Francisco. I feel like I'm not alone here, right? You guys are into crystals, some people. There's some crystals. There's some crystals. There's some crystals. There's some people name crystal here, yeah. at very least. <laughs> For sure. Or people on crystal. <laughs> yeah. Um, we need to move on to Amorosa, though. Oh, God. Dilly. This Dilly. is a sentence that I'm, I, I hope I never, ever utter again, because she, this woman is a, a stain on America. Um, her book is coming out this week, and here's the thing, audience here in San Francisco. We're recording this on a Sunday, but the people who normally listen are not going to hear this until Thursday. So we could all be dead by then. Who knows? So what we can do is talk a little bit about who Amorosa has been, and then we're going to make some predictions about based on her, who she's been, what she might do in her book, which you shouldn't read. It's a, <laughs> probably a bad book full of lies. So here's, these are real things that Amorosa's done. Last fall, Amorosa brought members of her 39-person bridal party to the West Wing for a photo shoot of her in a wedding dress. Megan loves this. She That's is real. giddy I right mean, now. girl, right go now. on, you know? <laughs> She secretly recorded her firing and other meetings that she had with Donald Trump. Her firing meeting with Chief of Staff John Kelly took place in the Situation Room. So this wild bitch took a recording device into the Situation Room and then played it on the news. Omarosa. She claims to have heard Donald Trump use the N-word. That's not that crazy. Uh, when she left the White House, she compared it to being freed off a plantation. On Big Brother, she told Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Brandy Glanville that White House staffers are sleeping around. She claims she tried to reason with Trump whenever he did anything outrageous, and she thinks Mike Pence would be a much worse president than Trump because of his extremist Christian views. So Omarosa, completely, completely off her rocker. What do you think will be in her book? Uh, I, I don't think, first of all, nobody should read it. Nobody read it. Pay attention to things that matter. Not Omarosa. Can I just say that if you need an, if you need proof, if you need an audio tape of Donald Trump saying the N word to prove to yourself that Donald Trump is racist, go fuck yourself. You, we don't need evidence of that. We don't need it. And 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 she's she's pinning her entire seven seven figure book deal on this like elusive tape, which probably does exist. Does that surprise any of us? No. If you need that in order to feel like Donald Trump is a racist, you haven't been paying attention to America for the past two years. Yeah. No. You haven't been reading any of the clues or reading. Any, that's just like showing your ignorance. It upsets me that 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 is something that we are 
that, that we're paying attention to, not just her, but this specific type of uh, evidence that's supposedly out there. Yes. I'm also curious, I hope this is in the book, I want to know who Omarosa's fans are. Have you ever met a single person who's like, I'm an Omarosa fan? I would, I would back slowly really into some hedges if yeah. somebody told me they were an Omarosa fan. Yeah. It's a really good it point. doesn't, it's not a thing. Like, same with like a Sean Spicer fan. Everybody that read the book was like, oh, I fucking hate this a guy. Spicy? Yeah, and they read that book. Spicy's I mean, gonna have a resurgence one day, I feel uh, it. Do you think no. there's ever any like Omarion fans that just get confused? <laughs> that are like, wait, no, you said, oh, no, 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 fuck that bitch. Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm here for the music. My bad. <laughs> so you think that in her book, maybe there's just a whole chapter of Omarion read? Yeah. Like, Lyric? I think so. I am really, I love, I do love that she is such a reality star slut. She does not, she will go on any, she would fly to England and be on Love Island if she could. You know, like, she will, I saw her on Say Yes to the Dress. You could tell Randy was so upset. That is the gay consultant. He was like, why are we doing this? I'm hoping in the book that she reveals some sort of like behind the scenes that Trump came to Kleinfeld's and helped her pick out her hideous wedding dress. Because okay. I've seen it, it cost a lot and it was a waste of money. I, I think there's something, there's potentially one interesting thing to be mined from the book. And from what I understand, she talks about the fact that at some point in her journey being with Donald Trump through The Apprentice and through the number of reality shows that she's, she's been on, she started to realize that she was a token. How she didn't identify that from the get-go, I don't know. But I think there is something really interesting about self-identifying, going on the journey of identifying at some point that you're being used as a token. I don't know if that could be insightful for other people. Probably not. Again, don't read it. Don't buy the book. But if you're going to, there, there's, some, there's something psychologically interesting about that to me that she could you know, shock us with. Yeah, I think that she could shock us by not lying. Um, she did a she did an NPR interview where she kind of contradicted her claim that she had heard the N-word tape, and it, yeah. it just doesn't really make any sense. I don't know. I really, I really root. I, I, I wish that I didn't know who she was. I know. Yeah. I wish that she had not been given a senior White House position. I, I wish that The Apprentice had never been a show. Yeah. Because I never, I would watch it after piano lessons when I was like, you know, a kid. I would get done and like wait for my mom to pick me up and it would be on. And it fucking was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad show. She is married though, so it does give us hope, you know? <laughs> if you're a girl out there swiping away every day, go, if Amarosa can find a man, so can I. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we have to move on to a segment we call The Week in Sorry. The Week in Sorry is uh, a segment we do because women, we apologize too much. We say we're sorry, sorry all the time. I'm so sorry that we apologize too much. But that gives us a unique capacity to judge other people's apologies and, and, and assess whether or not they mean anything or they should be accepted. But because we're at a music festival, we're doing an all-music edition Week in Sorry. And because, you know... It's not a week. It's like a forever and sorry of music. Um, so the first apology that we're going to assess is from a gentleman named R. Kelly. <laughs> um, Roderick Kelly. <laughs> Reginald Kelly Reginald from Kelly. Reginald and B Music. Um, R. Kelly, a sexual misconduct star with a musical problem, <laughs> has finally released... <laughs> a musical track addressing the decades of allegations against him. The 19-minute-long song dropped last month and includes such lines as, how they gon' say I don't respect these women when all I've done is represent. Take my career and turn it upside down because you mad I've got some girlfriends. Take my rear and turn it upside a down? Career. Oh, career. Career. <laughs> Please don't misquote him. <laughs> this is important, Grace. Please, let him represent himself. He believes he can fly. Um, I had to do an interpretation of that song when I graduated from eighth grade. It was you like, had yeah, to? yeah, had to. It was, it was like a, like a, like a, Project? like a lyrical. It was all the honors kids who graduated at the top of our class. Oh. None of us had. It was very bad. Very sly way it to was, indicate you were a nerd. <laughs> what I am getting at is I have a very high IQ. No, I don't. I've never tested that shit. Uh, anyway, that song meant a lot to me at the time. Oh man! But not as much as "Remix to Ignition" meant to me. Oh yeah, yeah. "Step that in the Name a, of Love," dude. He's got some bangers. It's very upsetting to me. But you know what? No banger in the world is strong enough to undo what he's done. I know. 
no 19 minute long song Can in the world. Can we be upset about that though? Yeah, he, he's, uh, he uh, admitted to liking young women. He's been at it for decades and a lot of times people have ignored the victims of him because they were members of a demographic that people don't tend to pay attention also to. Also locked up in his house. Yeah, like young, young black women. And yeah. so I don't know, man. He's essentially with this track, he's trying to profit off the fact that he is a sexual abuser. And I don't think I can get down with that. Apology not accepted. Go away forever, R. Kelly. I have an attention span of about two minutes and 42 seconds yeah. anyway when it comes to a song. So uh, 19 minutes is like... It's, it's, I skip it's ahead. Killer. When oh, I'm, yeah? if I hear the beginning, I'm like, okay, I like get to it. It's like it's a like a, a video of like pornography. I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we don't need the preamble. Yeah, here. okay. Well, well yeah. so you met. I don't really need to know that. Yeah. There's a pizza involved. All right. When I hear 19 minutes, I'm like, oh, he did it. Uh, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> it's a two-minute song. If you didn't pee, you know, like it's 20 minutes if you pee. Definitely. <laughs> Okay, so we don't accept R. Kelly's apology, but he's going to keep doing his thing anyway. Um, second apology. Uh, it's been 14 years since Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake performed the halftime show at the Super Bowl in 2004. The infamous show gave birth to the phrase wardrobe malfunction when Justin pulled off a part of Janet's outfit, briefly exposing her right breast in front of a TV audience of 140 million viewers. Ooh. In the aftermath of the controversy, the blame was squarely placed on Janet Jackson, who is performing here later tonight. I yeah. hope you guys are all going to see her. Janet's statement after the Super Bowl, the decision to have a costume reveal at the end of my halftime show performance was made after final rehearsals. MTV was completely unaware of it. It was not my intention that it go as far as it did. I apologize to anyone offended, including the audience, MTV, CBS, and the NFL. Justin's statement after the Super Bowl. I am sorry if anyone was offended <laughs> by the wardrobe malfunction during the halftime performance at the Super Bowl. It was not intentional and is regrettable. Do we accept this? Was the Super Bowl on MTV? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, what, what were they? What's, that, what's that about? Yeah. I don't know. It was 2004 or no, different time. No, I accept none of this. I saw Justin Timberlake perform live at the Super Bowl this year, and guess what? It sucked. It sucked. It was Sorry. bad. We kept waiting for Janet. Where is Janet? Is Janet coming? And then just a sheet of Prince came down. And it's like, Prince didn't want this. What the f You're not a man of the woods. Yeah. You're a man of being a fucking loser. <laughs> Why don't you go back in the woods? We are not in sync. Grace, I didn't know how to end that rant. We'll edit think, that out in I post, think, um, okay? I don't know. I like Justin Timberlake. I think what? Yeah, is that bad? I kind of like I I like suit and tie. I can fuck with that. I can fuck with some J Tim. I can fuck with some J Tim. I don't know. In the, in the grand scheme, there's like one clap. I in the grand scheme of 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 artists who do terrible things, he's really not that bad. Also, like I I I still believe that there's a conspiracy behind this and that the tit was meant to be pulled off. Yeah, but he pulled it off. She didn't even do anything. She stood there. I feel and like she went like. And she had like a dramatic well, look. Well, if your titty was out for 145 people, you don't think you would look down? No, but she like owned it, you know, in that moment. She wasn't like, <gasps> she was like, mm. she's a Jackson. I think she handled it beautifully. I wonder what their relationship is like right now. This I don't is, think it's good. This is the Lincoln-Douglas debates of our time. It truly is. Um, it truly here's, is. here's my problem with Justin Timberlake's thing. It was, you know, granted, he released his statement, you know, years before we had dissected what a good apology is. But his apology is a textbook example of a bad apology. I am sorry if anyone was offended. Yeah. If people were offended, bitch. That's why people, that's why you're fucking apologizing. Yeah. That's why people wanted you to apologize. And, like, the fact of the matter is, regardless of intention, the outcome of it was that Janet Jackson's career suffered way more than Justin Timberlake's did. Except for the fact that maybe Man of the Woods was karmic retribution for yeah. the fact that he, he did that. I agree with that. I mean, I don't, I don't accept it. I don't accept it either. And I want to know, was her nipple pierced? I don't there remember. Was a bar? There was something. There was, there was something. I don't remember. We'll but ask her tonight. I do accept it because I still listen to more Janet than I do to, to Justin. Like, she's, she, they're both legends, but Janet's still doing pretty well for herself. I don't know. If it, to me, this is a, it's funny. I'm not like, I'm not like, ang I'm not, there's no ire here. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm Aaron. I'm, I'm mad. I'm Aaron, and I'm <laughs> mad. Okay, so we're moving on to the next apology so that we can get Phoebe out here. David Byrne of The Talking Heads, one of my personal heroes, actually. And that's not being sarcastic. I really fucking love David Byrne. Uh, released a new album this year called American Utopia. 
like all of his eras, like all of this era's best beefs, it started and ended on Instagram when Byrne <laughs> thanked his collaborators on the new album. Some users noticed that there were no women among them. Byrne apologized right away, saying again on Instagram, this lack of representation is something that is problematic and widespread in our industry. I regret not hiring and collaborating with women for this album. It's ridiculous, it's not who I am, and it certainly doesn't match how I've worked in the past. So that was David Byrne's Mea Culpa. And I just want to point out that like my personal Lord and Savior, St. Vincent, oh, yeah. uh, collaborated with David Byrne on another album previously, and it was really good. So like David Byrne does have a track record of collaborating with women. This album in particular, he didn't, though. Sure. Do we accept his apology? Oh, no. <laughs> Big no. One lone woman, Guys, no. I, I actually, th I just think it's so hard to only work with men in any industry. You have to really, like, try. To, you got to try. That takes effort. So yeah. not a I trumpet mean, player, nothing. Come on. Like a, like a PA somewhere. I rewatched The Big Lebowski this week, and it's a great movie, and I love the Coen brothers, but I realized as I was watching it that I have no more patience for movies where no women talk to each other. Like, yeah. that is so unrealistic. There's yeah. no, okay, no women talk, talk to each other really, and both female characters have a sexual interest in the male characters. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I like, Mission Impossible, the latest one is like that too. Yeah, well, they do whisper that. to each other at the very end. That's true. There's but one. it is about, spoiler alert, <laughs> There's but it, a is quiet about, whisper. it is because about, it is about Tom Cruise. Because we should be seen and not heard. <laughs> it is about Tom Cruise. So here's a funny anecdote about that. I saw that movie with a male friend of mine. And during the scene where Tom Cruise breaks his ankle, like doing a stunt, my male friend turns to me and goes, this is where Tom Cruise broke his ankle doing a stunt. And I was like, cool. And I kind of looked around and it seemed like a lot of men were also whispering to women at that moment. <laughs> After I got out, I tweeted, uh, cool thing about the new Mission Impossible film, Tom Cruise does his own, his own stunts. Not cool thing, no women talk to each other. And a very high profile political oper operative tweeted back at me, did you know that in that scene, Tom Cruise <gasps> breaks his ankle? <laughs> was it Omarosa? It wasn't. It was a male political operative who, tweet, who tweeted that at me. And I was like, I think this is just the thing straight guys are doing now. And yeah. they're just telling, they're, during that scene, they're turning to the woman next to them and be like, he breaks his ankle <laughs> for real in this scene. It really happened. Okay, we have to move on to uh, the Dixie Chicks. During the run-up to the invasion of Iraq, we were all so innocent oh then. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. What a time. The Dixie Chicks, I know, what a time, post 9-11. Dixie Chicks performed a concert in London on March 10th, 2003. That's actually my little sister's birthday. Not 2003, but that's her birthday. <laughs> At the Shepherd's Bush Empire Theater in England. This concert kicked off their Top of the World tour. During the introduction to the song Travelin' Soldier, Natalie Maines, who along with Robinson and McGuire is also a native of, te native of Texas, said, just so you know, we're on the good side with y'all. We do... I would never say y'all. This is a direct quote. We do not want this war, this violence, and we're ashamed that the president of the United States is from Texas. Shortly thereafter, the U.S. media picked up on the story and the controversy erupted. During a primetime interview with TV personality Diane Sawyer, Maine said she remained proud of her original statements. In 2006, so this shitstorm went on for years. Oh, a long time. Yeah. Uh, in 2006, the Dixie Chicks released their album, Taking the Long Way, notably not apologizing. They won all five Grammy categories for which they were nominated that year, including top awards of Song of the Year and Record of the Year, both for Not Ready to Make Nice and Album of the Year for Taking the Long Way. Not Ready to Make Nice was basically like, fuck you. We're not apologizing. No, yeah. And in the so I mean, the, I'm a huge Dixie Ticks fan. <laughs> As I slur the word, I'm a huge Dixie Ticks fan. I'm a huge Dixie Ticks fan. It's the wine spritzer talking, guys. Listen, I'm Natalie Maines. Um, no, I, I remember them being on Good Morning America and seeing the two sisters, like, so deer in the headlights. Like, our careers are over. And Natalie Maines was just like, no, I don't care. I don't like what he's doing. I don't give a fuck. You can burn our CDs. That means you bought them. Like, she just was doubled down. And then they made this album that was so incredible. And in it, she addresses that she was given death threats. People made death threats against her children. Oh, it's a good song. There's, there, I read that there was a, a, a town in Missouri that had a chicken drop where like Dixie Chicken Chicken Drop, where they like had everybody come to some like gas station and burn all the cassettes and DVDs and CDs of the Dixie Chicks all cassettes. at once. Cassettes, yeah. Cassettes, baby. 
um, which is just like a lot of effort. Uh, it's, it all seems so quaint now, doesn't well, it? Well, but look how right she was. Yeah. That's the thing, you look back on it and you're like, oh yeah, we all are kind of mad at Bush. Uh, and then I don't think we were. She was the Sinead O'Connor of her time. She was the yeah. Bernie Sanders of country music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are about out of time for the week in Sorry, special music edition. We have to take a break. When we come back, B.B. Robinson. Woo! This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito. <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. That's perfect. He is, like, I think my, my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, Ugh. Um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his 
for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. <laughs> Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. I am so excited to introduce to you our guest today, Phoebe Robinson, Phoebe Robinson is a multi-talented stand-up comedian, New York Times best-selling writer and actress, Greedy. She is best known for her burgeoning podcast, Empire, at WNYC Studios as the co-creator and co-star of the hit podcast turned HBO series, Two Dope Queens, Phoebe Robinson. Woo! Phoebe's stage diving right now. Phoebe is stage diving. She also has a green juice. It's the most California thing I've ever seen. I'm a recent transplant from New York City, and seeing a person stage dive with green <laughs> juice is a real journey for me. Um, Phoebe, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. This We're so great. excited to I'm have pumped. you. I'm yeah. um, Thank you. One cool thing about Phoebe is that all three of us individually knew Phoebe before the show. So yes. if like we have chemistry, it's like we already made it fine. And you're on Later Tonight, too. I am. Um, I'm doing stand-up later, like a little 20-minute set. So if you want to hang around for that. Little 20 minutes. That's a little comedy, you know. Yeah. 20 minutes is a long time to do something that hard, though. It is, but I've been doing stand-up for like almost 10 years now. So like 20 minutes is kind of like that's like fun and like not like a vacation, but it's like, oh, this is like, you get like, a, you know, when you're going, you like get into it and you're just like, feel like you're having brunch, but you're the only one talking. You're like, it's like, <laughs> so it's great. You know what I mean? You're like, right. just all my opinions, great. It's like you're having brunch, <laughs> but there isn't a person like providing it to you, being very rude to you. And right, you're like, right. I don't understand why you're being rude to me and I don't want eggs like this. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we're not great brunch guests <laughs> now. Uh, mostly just talking at people. No, no. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we're, we're going to go into a new segment we're calling Personal Political. Yes. Uh, this is uh, kind of how personal things that women deal with every day in their lives intersect with like political and, and public life. I read this article this week about a new study that has found that online daters typically go after people who are 25% more attractive than they are. Mm -hmm. Women go after people 23% more attractive than they are. Men... 26% more attractive than they are, which is like actually kind of not as broad as I thought it would be. I yeah. thought men yeah. would be like 80% and women would be like 2%. Yeah. <laughs> I, I go for people that barely look like they own a computer. Yeah. So <laughs> these women doing 23%, I'm like, go on, girl. Wow. <laughs> Shoot for the stars. Confidence. <laughs> you know what? It's confidence. And I, I, I got a new understanding of confidence this week because, you know, when you see confidence on screen from mm -hmm. women, it's always like, she's wearing this like kick ass pencil skirt and Jimmy Choo's and yeah. she's got a great purse and she's strutting. And there's like Aretha Franklin playing and it's a rom com and she's about to meet Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> but real confidence is, I think, when you're in an extremely unattractive situation and you still are like, ah, this is fine. So, example, uh, it was lunch break at my work and I really needed, I wanted some cranberry juice, I needed some tampons, and I also needed some deodorant. So I went to the, the drugstore around the corner in Santa Monica where I work and I bought all three of them. And instead of like shielding my eyes and being like, oh no, nobody can know that I have a vagina, yeah. I 
I, I like made jokes with the elderly male cashier, and then I left, and I felt like, ain't no man high enough. <laughs> That's confidence. That's great. Um, but what I thought was really interesting, anyway, back to the article I was talking about. Um, Aaron, we're proud of you. Yeah, Thank we're you. really proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> Did Thank you have a UTI you. or you just had a craving? No, I just, I like the taste of cranberry what? juice. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit, okay. I yeah, was, when I, I taste it, I feel sickness. Um, like, I was like, who ever goes a, out for cranberry juice? That's, what? I was a really dirty kid, so I don't really get sick as oh, an adult. Okay. No, it's because it's I was a dirty kid. Um, <laughs> So here's, here's something else along the lines of this thing about online daters and confidence is that uh, women consistently, this is from the, the LA Times, uh, women consistently sent more positively worded messages to men when the desirability gap was greater and men did the opposite. They sent less positively worded messages to more desirable women. Strangely, the men's strategy seemed to work. In all four of the cities they surveyed, men had slightly lower reply rates from women when they wrote more positively worded messages. Mm. Um, so one of the study authors said, that behavior resonated with pickup artist strategies such as negging. No. And it made me really sad to read this. Like, negging, negging works. Why, why do you does. think that is, Phoebe? I mean, I never really got messages when I was single. And... Yeah, so I'm like, this is, I'm like, whose life is this? <laughs> okay, Katherine Heigl. But, you know, I think for someone like, so I would never, like, I rarely ever got hit on, but, like, when I started having my podcast, I was like, I'm, like, podcast famous, which is, like, not a category, but I was like, I'm going to tell myself that. And so I would just, like, start, like, sliding into, like, the DMs of, like, different male celebs on Twitter. Like, that was, like, my thing. And can, you, can you admit any of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, so you guys, um, you guys watch This Is Us? Yeah. Yes. So the, the guy who plays the dad, Milo Ventimiglia or whatever the fuck. And so he, you know, one day I saw that he like followed me on Twitter and I was like, how Milo following me on Twitter? So I was like, oh, he must be listening to Up Queens or something. And so I was like, all right, this is like my shot because I think he's hot. So I'm just going to like slide up in there. And so... I was like, let me just come up with like a cute line. So I was like, oh, Milo, I'm gonna send you a bill for all the Kleenex you, I had to buy watching your show, LOL. Like, it's not great, but it's like good enough. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're gonna be like- I think that's like, good, I think that's it's good. It's like fine, that's it's like good. so, you know, I could have just shown like a left it's, boob, but I like wrote not, a sentence, you know? It's not thirsty, it's not thirsty, yeah. but it is dehydrated because of the crying. Yeah, right, yeah. And so he like wrote back, he was like, ha you got it, blah, blah, blah. He wrote back? He did write back, so Guys. I, was like, I was like, tight, tight, tight. And then I was like, so, you know, actually, I'm going to be in L.A. in a couple of weekends <laughs> um, working this, like, Vanity Fair, this Vanity Fair event. Um, if you are available for, like, a drink, never heard from him oh. again. But, you know, because I get it, because it was like, but I was like, I'm just going to shoot that shot. I appreciate you sharing You got to go us. for it. You, you yeah, and you said Vanity Fair. Yeah. It's like, come on, Milo. That's like a legit, yeah. you know, magazine, Milo. It wasn't like I was like Us Weekly, <laughs> so, you know? So you, you shot your shot. Yeah. But you were also like very positive. Like, yes. Do you think, Phoebe, that negativity, like, uh, like men shoot, like aiming for you, if they approach you with negativity, do you think they do better? No. See, you're it's special. Like, it's just like, I don't want to read something like rude. Right. Who like I I cause I will say this because I I do watch a lot of trash TV so I did watch that show on VH1 the pickup artist with mystery yeah. and all about the negging and I was like this show is amazing but like I don't understand like don't don't be mean like don't make fun of me well here, I mean, here's I where I, I have a question about this because I I don't know how they're deducing the difference between negging and like somebody trying to show a sense of humor like let's say hot chick has a picture of her in like a yoga outfit and she clearly has a banging bod and then yeah. some guy slides into the DMs and is like wow you should really work out once in a while or something yeah. that's kind of insulting right. but is clearly trying to get across hey I have a sense of humor is yeah. that does that count? I, th I think when you are hot, <laughs> you're not being insulted. Like, yeah. You're like, like oh, yeah, person. I have a six-pack. Ah, I'll right. eat a donut. You yeah. know? like <laughs> It's so easy to laugh when you're thin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, especially because you have, like, those ex 
exposed ab muscles. Uh, one of the things that that uh, like that was upsetting to me about the like finding there, it's like, of course, I, I everybody should shoot their shot, yeah. and I find your story inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> that this is us guy, um, but I but the thing about men find it, getting a better response from women yeah. when they're negative. Like when they're like when the differential between their attractiveness and yeah. women is is greater. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, it goes back to like when we we're little kids and like some boy at school like pulls your hair or shoves you down the ground. And people are like, "Oh, he likes you," and I'm like, "That's mm. like fucking." I'm pressing charges. Like that's <laughs> not. I'm not fucking like gonna be into that. But like we condition women. It's just speaking about like heterosexual relationships. But we. We condition women to be like, if a guy is mean to you, that means he likes you. So you have to sort of just like put up with it until he gives you like this really cute monologue at some point, and then you're like, okay, I'll spread for you. And it's like, no. <laughs> right. I think it's yeah. like it's it's a really important point you brought up, Phoebe, that these people surveyed only heterosexual relationships, yeah. which is, in my opinion, very unwoke of them. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, the, the rom-com thing is really interesting because I think a lot of women calibrate their idea of what relationships are, are going to be based on what they've seen in, like, romantic comedies. And honestly, if that happened, it's, it's awful. Yeah. Like, if a man does a dramatic thing, you're like, D don't. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that, like, I think that one of the problems with... The way I, I feel, first of all, that we need to unionize as women. We need yeah. to like form a union and be like, these are behaviors we're not responding to. Yeah. We're not responding to men being like, well, you sure eat a lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're also like not <laughs> going to sleep with men who say that to other women. I think that's something we should all do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Megan, what do you think? I do have to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I have only, I've only de ever dated one man hotter than me, and he was very boring. So. When I mostly date men beneath me, and I, looks why, no, just looks why, I'm sorry, it's so mean. I, my boyfriend doesn't listen to this, he's fine. Um, I mostly, Nobody's boyfriend. I'm, no, of course, no, we would break up. So, <laughs> I mostly am dating men looks wise beneath me, and I do like when they acknowledge that I am hotter than them. And I'm sorry, and I do, and I don't even. They do it in different how, ways. Yeah. How, how is this acknowledged? Yeah. I don't. It's not. I, they're not putting like a letter jacket on me. I don't know. <laughs> but it is just like I don't know how I got. I was, guys. I was prom queen. Um, really? Wait, really? You were a prom queen? I, I thought you could tell from all this unearned confidence, but. <laughs> Yes, I was prom queen. And wait, I, that's just as surprising as wait, me loving fucking and crystals. And I, were you a, were you a queen of any kind? No queen. No, I was, a, I was homecoming queen. What? Wow. Cool. See, Phoebe is a dope. This. Is a dope queen. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But queens that, I don't great. call myself that. Was never. No one anointed. <laughs> I have zero queens attached to my to my past thus far. Well, I just like when I like when men I'm dating bring it up. I do, and that means that I'm a bad, shallow person. But they've also figured me out, you know? <laughs> I do like it. How did I get the prom queen? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're very lucky. I don't know. Grace, do you find that uh, men resort to like degrading women because it works? Here's the thing. So I, I'm in a very loving relationship, somebody who I love, who's here today, yeah, actually. Yeah, he's here. Okay, he's that's here, why she's talking so like that. No, no, yes. <laughs> Um, but he and I insult each other all day long. So I, I am looking at this from the outside, just thinking like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you do if you're not at the point where you have like a language. Because I don't know what I would do if my boyfriend didn't insult me. It feels. In fact, he tried one day recently and it did not playing. go well. You're we're playing. playing. Yeah, we're playing. That's but that's different. that's why I think there's a nuance between like some of these messages that are that are trying to potentially be flirtatious, but also like cruel. I, I don't know how you deduce that. So when I have in the past used dating apps, my go-to line is if there's a picture of a dog and a guy or a, an animal and a guy, my I will comment, which one's you? That's my go-to. That's good. That's cute. Yeah, and yeah. it always it always works. That's why I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have to take a break. <laughs> when we come back, dude, you ask. With chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, 
The Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. I live by routines, especially my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at Shipped.com. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. And we're back. This segment we call Dude You Ask. This podcast is all women. But this is the place where men are allowed to contribute questions. So actually what we're going to do as part of this, because it's a live show, is we're going to take a couple questions from the audience. And for our purposes, this show, dude counts as anybody. Like everybody's a dude. So so yeah, raise your hands and and somebody will come out and, and call on you. And in the meantime... I'm going to read some previously submitted questions to Dude You Asked, okay? All right, let's do it. This first question is from Michael. Michael says, my spouse and I debated, should we watch season five of House of Cards now? Do you think we should stop watching, i.e. to punish Kevin Spacey and boycotting anyone who works with him? Or should we accept that hundreds of people worked on the show, people who deserve to be seen and who don't deserve to be further victims of Kevin Spacey? But isn't that letting him off the hook? We don't know. We're confused. Please help. Phoebe, what do you think? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I never want to tell someone what to do. Like, I know there are people who still listen to Michael Jackson. I don't really anymore because I'm just like, he did it, right? <laughs> like, we, we don't... Sorry, Janet. Um, <laughs> she's I she's forgot, here. I she's forgot here. she was here. Don't... I'm going to go see she her. Do hear not you. fucking tell her I just she said that. You. She can hear you. Dimensions, okay? Fuck. She's like in the corner like, what did you say? Um, But like, she knows. Okay, so um, I feel, you you know, I I think that's a a personal choice. I support people who are like, I'm not going to watch this anymore because this person was involved with it. If people still want to watch the show, it's like not a choice that I would make. I'd be like, maybe don't watch the show. It's not necessary to your life to watch a television program about some white guy in a yes, suit. Yes, it like, is. You know, we see enough of those. But um, I would say, Michael, y- you know, if you cannot do it, that would be tight. But if you still want to do it, because I think it's just what Robin Wright is doing it now. Yeah. And she has been through some shit. Yeah. Like, I kind of think that... Well, she was married to Sean Penn, who's yes. like a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. So, Exactly. Um, like I want he's, her he's honestly, if there yeah. was like a like a liberal draft and yeah. we could like unload somebody, it'd yeah. be Sean Penn. Yeah. So you know, I mean, support Robin and her strong ass jawline because you know what, she's a babe and she's dope. Yeah. So yeah. Totally. But he's not in the, the show anymore, right? No. Oh, okay. I think it's I think it's fine. Right. Okay. Megan, what do you think? First of all, I think this man works on the show. Uh, (laughs) His question felt very tailored to that. I do think we all kind of deserve one hall pass in what's like happening right now. You have to use it very, 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 very wisely. We're all gonna be allowed to pick one creator or artist that did terrible things that we're still gonna consume. So Michael, this is yours and then you're done with every Harvey Weinstein movie ever made. So make that choice wisely. Uh, Grace, what do you think? I, I agree with, I like this hall pass idea. I think my hall pass is R. Kelly's remix to Ignition, but I will only enjoy it quietly. So maybe that's what Michael should do here. Watch it, but don't tell anybody you did it. So you'll enjoy the remix to Ignition, but not hot and fresh off the kitchen. You'll enjoy it microwaved after a couple days. By myself. Yes. In by my your, kitchen. By yourself until it's 2 a.m. and no one else is there. Curtains drawn, exactly. Perfect. All right, next question from Felix. 
I'm a trans man, so I grew up being raised as and treated as a girl in a rural area. I remember specifically discrimination I dealt with and definitely considered myself a feminist. However, I started transitioning when I was 15. I have no idea what the world is like for adult women to experience. Is it still scary to walk through parking garages? What's it like existing as a woman in America rather than as a young girl? Do old men ever stop talking to you on the train or stop to talk to you on the train or is that just something they do when you're underage? And lastly, what can I do as a feminist with a strong connection to some of women ex women's experiences, but not all of them, to understand the women in my life better? Go, Felix, by the way. That yeah, question is awesome. And Felix, cool. your journey is wonderful. Thanks for listening to this. Thank you, Felix. Thanks, Thanks for sharing Felix. that with us. So I think that we have like a few main tent poles here. First of all, like, is it still scary to be a woman? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Next sure. question. <laughs> Um, what's yeah. the difference between existing as a woman in America rather than a young girl? Do you remember, like, Phoebe, do you remember the first time you were like, oh, I'm a woman? I mean, I guess it's, oh, Janelle Monet, young. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also like recognize really the baseline. Um, uh, I guess it, they say it's like when you... I get, get your period or something? Is that, what is it what like? Is, you, I think it's when someone tries to fuck you. Yeah. I think it's when, okay. it's when well, you first... Well, that didn't happen until I was 24. So <laughs> let's just all... I think it's when you when you first feel sexualized. Like yeah. when there's when there's a that's point right. at which... That's an eloquent I, thing. 23. 23. <laughs> 23. So maybe different. But I, I think, you know, I'm about to turn 34. So I think as I get older, I know myself better I feel like I'm more educated I guess and I feel like I can sort of process when something kind of shitty or sexist happens to me in the moment and I can respond as opposed to like internalizing it in your 20s and like you think about it like 10 years later you're like oh yeah that sucked so th there's that aspect of it but it, it, it's all kind of like sucky but also all kind of great too I always think that so Felix is a trans man, and mm -hmm. Felix lived a portion of his life being treated as a girl. Mm -hmm. And so I almost think that girlhood affords you an insight into womanhood in a, in a way that's kind of complete. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, there are like little gaps, but I, I'm sure that like Felix understands girlhood in a way that most people who yeah. weren't raised as girls don't, you yeah. know? So that's, I don't know, that's, that's my response to Felix. Um, one more question before we take it to the audience. If you have a question, I think we have somebody with a microphone that's going to be out there. From William, what are some good ways to telegraph that I'm an ally to women without being horrible and braggy about it? Because I care, but I don't want to yell from the rooftops, I care, because it seems selfish. Uh, what's, who is our, our listener here? This is William. William. William, I think that you can be a quiet supporter. I think we feel like if you're an ally, you have to shout it from the rooftops, and I don't think that's the case. I think you can quietly be supportive and loving towards the women in your life. I think you can be quietly there for the people who, who, who require it and who need it and who ask for your help. Um, I think that there's a lot of, I think there's way too much bravado. In, and everybody feels like they have to make some big show of proving that they're not racist or not sexist or not homophobic. If you're not those things, you don't have to prove it. You're doing yeah. enough as it is. Yeah. yeah, totally. Agreed. Good job, Grace. Thanks so much. Megan, what do you think? I mean, Phoebe's I was crowd surfing gonna... again. <laughs> I was just gonna say, if you're straight, learn how to eat pussy in the best way possible. I think the I think the best ally you can be is to make women come and. They come, and then you come. That's the order, William. And uh, you fly that flag high, baby. So he doesn't need to, like, shout it from the rooftops as much as just, Show like... Show it in the bedroom. <laughs> That's all we're asking. <laughs> Quietly. Phoebe, what do you think? Uh, I was going to just say, like, your day-to-day -day actions in life. <laughs> just, you know, I I think where you, you're... I guess I'll use Hollywood's example. Like, you're starting to see more you know, male actors being like, hey, I think I think it was Bradley Cooper who shared with Jennifer Lawrence, like, hey, this is how much I made in yeah. the movie. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, well, now I'm going to go back and negotiate. Like, that's, a, that's a, a good way of doing stuff like that. So I think it's just about, like, real life. It can be small sort of things. It doesn't have to be anything major, but it's just like, if everyone is helping, then I think that will yeah. change things. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think we have time for a couple questions. If a couple people want to raise hands, did you ask? Oh, great. Hello. Hi, first dude here. 
Um, so my question was originally... What's your name? Lauren. Hi. Hi, Lauren. Lauren. Hi, nice to meet you. Um, so my question originally was about gaslighting, and I feel like you touched on that. So I'm curious, have you guys ever caught yourself being sexist towards women and had to retroactively correct that, or anything along those lines? Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. That is actually a really good question. Um, I, I don't mean, like, actually, like, that is actually a really good question. I mean... This is a really good question, comma, actually. Um, I think that we live in a culture where we have certain attitudes about men and women and black people and white people ingrained in us and that it's really hard to separate ourselves from those things, even if you're a member of the group that's disenfranchised. So one thing that's rough as somebody that's like, yeah, I worked in journalism and I'm a comedy writer, is this notion that I... Uh, am competing with every woman. That's something that I've had to like work to not think, and it's been like a years-long process to kind of get out of that. Um, I, I think that like the main thing is like once you're aware of the bad patterns that you are participating in, then you can kind of overcome them. But if you don't think about it, then you can't. So that's mine. I know it's not like inspiring or cool, but that's my answer. No, that's honest. What's yours? Um. I don't have anything off the top of my head, but I think, yeah, every, all of us up here, we've all had moments where you, maybe it's sort of like judged a woman you probably shouldn't have or you probably wouldn't at this stage in your life. But I, again, it comes with like, you know, self-awareness, doing the work on yourself, kind of like unlearning things that you're taught growing up and then you'll, you'll, you'll change that behavior, don't stop it. You know what I think a lot about, kind of relating to Lauren's question, I think a lot about Monica Lewinsky yeah. and how much this country did her dirty yeah. and how like she's never really fully been able to come back from it. Yeah. Like I think that's a really I, I don't know. We were talking earlier before we came on stage and we were like the 90s were crazy. Yeah. Like in the 90s we constantly victimized women and made them less than and I don't know. I think about that all the time. Like ingrained sexism sexism was such a part of the way that we lived then. Well, I think judgment comes very much from our own insecurities. So as a woman, we've all been through being judged and feeling inadequate visually, physically. And so we, we can't even be better than doing that to other people because we've had it brought upon ourselves. Um, and then we're just kind of perpetuating this cycle of like, you're not good enough because I actually don't feel good about myself. So it is very nice when you can look at it and go, oh no, this is actually what I'm doing. And if I can feel good in this thing about myself, I'm not gonna look at her and judge it as well. Um, and we all probably work in industries where we are taught to be competitive. And I think as women, we're taught to be more competitive. And I think we're taught to be physically competitive against each other. And it's just something that probably you even asking that question is us realizing, yeah, that's something I do. And it's something that I really wish that I could stop doing. Well, the physically competitive thing is really interesting because one of the things that I've like taught, I don't know, I've like confronted with people in the past is like, oh, women just dress for other women. Like, when are we presenting ourselves as like sexual entities? And when are we presenting ourselves as like we're trying to impress other women? Like, men don't notice what shoes you're wearing unless they're like shoe guys, which is weird. Um, but that's something that I've thought Not of. weird, not weird. My boyfriend notices it's too. Cool. Yeah. Mine does too. Mine does yeah. too. I like it actually. Yeah. I guess I'm the weird one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but like, I think though for the most part that a lot of times, like honestly though, like men would fuck a flashlight with a flesh colored hole in it yeah. and they do. And so 99% of the effort that we make as women is like, not just for men. It's yeah. because we're like doing things for women. Th this is where I think the, the kind of um, positive and um, in sometimes some ways unspoken element of being a woman can come into play in a positive way, which is that we do have a, a sense of um, being able to complement each other and kind of uh, group together in, in certain ways. Not that men don't do that, but we're really kind of, we have this, this ability to um, support each other in ways that I think is, is a little bit more unique to our gender. And I think that's where, like, you know, we should, the older that we get, the more it's not just about battling our internal 
demons, but also externalizing compliments and externalizing support and positivity. And I read about, like, with the Obama administration, that the women who worked for Obama's... Including uh, co-host Alyssa, Alyssa Mastermonica. That's right, that's yeah. right. That they, that they did, they, they had this technique of supporting each other when they were in big conferences together or in meetings together. Uh, and I, th I think that's, like, a really beautiful, beautiful thing and a lesson for all of us to, to learn, to not just kind of deal with our own internal struggles, but also you know, be supportive of the other women in our life as much as possible. And by doing so, healing ourselves. I feel like a preacher right now. <laughs> we are all synced up. Right now, we all got our periods at the same time. All right, we have time for one more question if anybody wants to raise their hand. Hi. Oh, my God, Ira. Hi. 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 How's it going? Good, how are you? Sorry. I'm great. <laughs> um, I have a quick question. Um... I felt deceived by um, the title of the movie, The Meg, because I thought it was about a powerful female shark. Um, did you also feel deceived when you found out The Meg just meant that mega shark? That also can't yeah. be our last question. Oh, well. <laughs> for that me, just can't. For me Ira, it can. <laughs> Ira, my initial, so my full name is Megan Elizabeth Gailey, Meg. So when I saw the Meg and it was like, it's coming, I started posting pictures everywhere. Like, you can't hide from me, fuckers. Like, this was my, this, I thought they made this movie for me, for me to just eat people. And then when I found out it was just about Rain Wilson trying to be silly on a boat, I was so upset. I too thought it was just gonna be a big shark. <laughs> we have to move on to the final segment of the show called I'll Have What She's Having. This is uh, where we recommend things that women have done, made, said, and uh, we tell you to do it and you listen to us because we're on a podcast. Um, Megan, what's your recommendation? So mine's another podcast <laughs> um, brought to you. you. I know, I'm a traitor, but I'm, Lauren, I'm trying to be better, you know? I'm trying to support other women. Uh, it's from a good friend of mine. Her name's Julia Olson. It's called Not the Mama. And it is a podcast that is about parenting as a choice. So whether you want to be a parent, whether you don't want to be a parent, are you freezing your eggs, are you not entering into parenthood as a very conscious thing and not as a societal pressure. And she's really funny, and she loves housewives too. So there's some Ramonas thrown in there if you like that. <laughs> All right, Grace. Okay, so I have my notes pulled up here because I, I have a website that I want to give you guys. Um, there is a, uh, an all-female anti-poaching group in Zimbabwe that's called Akashinga. And uh, they are doing incredible work in the world of anti-poaching. Uh, and, and I think they are the first all-female group to succeed to the levels that they have been succeeding. Um, there's a lot of women in the group who are victims of sexual abuse and who are single mothers. They've banded together uh, with this really brilliant cause. Uh, specifically, it's with the International Anti-Poaching Foundation. So if you guys go to IAPF.org, you can donate specifically to this group and learn a little bit more about their story. Um, they did a documentary with BBC that I thought was awesome. Um, I just, yeah, I just really love it. Again, it's called uh, Akashinga, and you can go to the anti International Anti-Poaching Foundation website to learn more. All right, Phoebe. Uh, yeah, okay. So I, I was, that's why I was, I wasn't like texting. I just wanted to pull she up there. was texting. No, so I just, I started reading this. I'm not a big YA novel person. I, I'm, I don't know. I just never got into it. Like Twi Twilight's one of them, right? I was like, I, I don't Twilight's care. Twilight's like a shitty one. But what, like, where are some other ones? Like, like Hunger Games is Judy one. Bloom? Yeah, what well, I mean, Babysitter's I Club. I don't know. I'm yeah. just like speaking from my experience. Yeah, even oh, when I was a kid, I was like, ah. But <laughs> you're reading, you were like seven and reading Anne Rice. No. You were like, these vampires are horny and I'm seven. <laughs> no, I just was, I just never, I never got into it. But there's this really cool book that I just started reading by, her name is um, Justina Ireland. She's this black woman. It's called Dread Nation. And um, it's, it start, it takes place, um, so this, the main character, Jane, she's like maybe like 16, 17. She's a black girl. And it, it imagines America if, like, the undead came back during the Civil War. So if we made it, America great again? No, 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 no. But no, but it, it really, it, it kind of is, like, forcing, like, black people and white people to sort of work together, even though there's all this, like, underlying racism. So now they're, like, training, like, Native Americans and black kids, like, 
go to combat school so they can fight. And so it's really like fascinating, and, like really cool, and deals like the like it colorism like, and like, like Octavia it's, Butler sort of. Yeah, it's yeah. like really cool and funny and dope, and I really like it. So Dread Nation, it's really really good. It came out I think this spring, so I'm oh, a little late, amazing. but yeah, it's it's a really good book. That I like sounds it. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, so my recommendation is Lauren Greenfield, who is the filmmaker slash photographer slash artist who did Queen of Versailles. Do you guys know Queen yes. of Versailles? Yeah. She also did a Girl Culture and Fast yeah. Forward. So she's done a lot of photography and movies about like wealth and specifically Southern California, but a bunch of different a bunch of different places. Queen of Versailles is about the family that was like trying to build the biggest house in America that had like a view of the Disneyland fireworks, which is like this perfect encapsulation of like low culture with a shitload of money. Yeah. So her new film and project is called Generation Wealth. And she catches up with people that she talked to for her earlier projects. So she catches up with like, there was a woman who was like a girl when she first, photo first photographed her as a teenager at this like exclusive Santa Monica High School. Um, and then she catches up with like the Queen of Versailles people. And there was this like porn star that she had, like one of the Charlie Sheen porn stars that she'd kind of been with. It's fucking amazing. The film is amazing. It's really enjoyable. And I think she's she's awesome. She's in it, and everybody should see it. So go do that. That sounds great. Yeah. Sweet. So we are we're out of time. We have four seconds oh left. We did it. Uh, thank you guys for coming so much. Thank you guys. And you can catch us on Thursday, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag. Ah, it's nice to dream about cheese for a bit. Tillamook cheddar, extraordinary dairy. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.